to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. I hope everybody's doing well, and thank you so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. We are your hosts, uh, although you guys haven't heard from us in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I am Jordan Porter, and I am joined by the wonderful Yvonne Brandenburg. I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever either. (laughs) It's been been a couple weeks, (laughs) let me tell you. Yeah. So who would have thought that this year was going to be the crazy year for us instead of like, you know, 2020 or something like that. (laughs) This year is just like everybody. It's my fault that we haven't recorded in a while. I had a death in the family and I traveled for way too long. (laughs) I know you were gone forever. I was like, are you coming home at any point? (laughs) Yeah, that's what my family was saying too. And then naturally, like I'm sick Uh, now because uh, Ohio hates me. And well, I was saying it's the stress and I'm sure you were exposed to way more people than you normally would be. And so it's like all sorts of crazy. I was exposed to so many people. So my grandpa passed away and he was like relatively like small town famous where he was. So, I mean, not relatively, he was small town. Like he has a football stadium named after him. So, Oh my gosh. um, Wow. Yeah. No, that's small town famous for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's so needless to say, like he passed away. It wasn't a big shock. Like he's been sick for a while sick for a while and like significantly depressed since my grandma died 11 years ago like oh your grandma died too oh so he's all by himself he was Mm. he was all by himself and like he had a stroke three ish years ago and like i went up and visited him him then and when i met him like when i was talking to him then he was like i'm ready to die i'm ready to go see grandma and i was like (laughs) you're like oh god okay (laughs) i was like i feel like grandpa like i get it he was like 88 i was like if i got up to that age and i was like pretty much alone and like i why like i i get it i was like not shocked um except for the fact that like we knew he was declining so like the plan was originally for me to go to tennessee so my parents and watch their dogs so that they could go up and visit my grandpa Mm. well he passed away the night before they were supposed to leave and the night before i was supposed to leave to go to tennessee oh geez oh boy yeah so it was a very quick like well i guess i'm not going to tennessee i'm gonna go up to ohio now and then so it was just a big like hurry up and like get some airbnbs i drove up with my cousin met up with my parents like kind of thing like it was just a lot of moving parts yeah and like uh then naturally like when i got home like matt had to go right back to work like right when i got home and so i'm just trying to like catch back up on like my normal routines of things but naturally like i said i'm sick and so (laughs) You're like, what natural routines? Ugh. I know. Yeah. So you're all going to hear me all like stuffy. I think I just have a sinus infection. I'm really hoping it'll just like clear out here very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. we'll see. How are you weeks? weeks? Uh, I know, right? It has been weeks. Pretty good. I'm trying to think of like what I've done lately, except for work. stuff around the house and work. Um, Anything cool? No. 
Yeah. No, I mean, work's been definitely keeping me busy. There's, oh my God, there's so many changes happening at work right now. And I'm just trying to, trying to keep my head like afloat with everything that's going on. And then like, they're still moving parts here at the house. Cause we've been like, we had to like get a bunch of just trades people out for random things like electrician and a plumber and a blah, blah, blah for just like super random stuff. So trying to deal with all of that and like moving parts and, you know, and then Kevin, um, like I went down to the Bay area for a week and then I came home and like three or four days later, Kevin left to go, um, spend the weekend with his friends. Like it was their, it, one of his friend's birthday. And so it was really cool. Actually. I was really glad that he got to do that. Um, cause he needed to get away from here. <laughs> I was like, you've, you've been here by yourself for several weeks when I leave. And then, you know, you it's, it, I can tell like mentally it has affected him because he went from working 60 hour plus weeks and being yeah. around a ton of people to like, not having a full-time job like yes he's working here and he's doing he's working hard here but it's like there's nobody here to interact with really and so I think just that change of mentality of having a nine-to-five job and a bunch of social interaction to not so I thought I it was really good I think for him to go spend the weekend with his buddies and just yeah I bet you know, be away from the house, be away from me and my mom and, (laughs) you know, just chill. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well that and like distance makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think for him, it was just nice. And he was, it was cracking me up because they kind of went to this place that was a little bit rustic and it had like a yurt and it had like, like camping basically. And he showed me a picture and I was like, dude, the next time you guys want to hang out, you may as well just do it here because our property looks way nicer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you could go tent in the woods if you want to. <laughs> and then you won't, because he ended up like sleeping in the back of his car because there wasn't enough beds. And he's like, oh, I'll just, I have a mattress, like an air mattress for the car. So he spent like three nights in the car and I was like, that sounds horrible. He's like, that does sound horrible. He's like, I'm happy to be home. I'm like, dude, next time just, just camp in our backyard. Yeah. You could be, you could be far enough away. Like we wouldn't bother you at all, but just camp here. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm not sure what the plan is, but I think next time they might come here. Cause like one of his friends lives on the East coast. And so he yeah. flew out and he was the one that like found the place. Um, but yeah, it like, and Kevin had to drive to get there from here. And it's funny because as the crow flies, it's like 150, nah, it's probably a hundred to 150 miles closer to here, but it took two hours longer to drive there than like our old house. So instead of being like a six hour drive, it was like eight and a half hours to get there because it, he had to go through like windy roads along the coast to get into the, like it was just crazy I'm like I mean I would feel bad but I just drove 10 hours uh, I know but like if you're going a shorter distance and it takes two hours longer like, yeah yeah that yeah that sucks <laughs> so. I was actually really impressed because like so when we drove up to Ohio it was a 10-hour drive from my house to my brother's house 
Mm, and then I stayed there for one night and then I drove two hours up to my grandpa's house Mm. so then driving home I was like oh it's gonna take 12 hours to get home it took 10 hours still and I was like how is it because you went a little bit more direct or something yeah it was I just hopped on like a major highway much quicker than I did yeah yeah. I can tell you I'm over traveling other than the fact that I'm going to that amusement park on Saturday which is three hours away it's like, it's like literally it's on the it's on the border of North Carolina and South Carolina and I was like we're literally going to a different state to go to an amusement park um, <laughs> that's so funny for a school field trip mind you like really yes this is a school Dang. field trip All right. <laughs> like, All right. and then at the end of the month the kids get out of school on the 25th and so I told my parents I was really? like well I'm gonna yeah what I'm actually it's I'm May. really I'm really looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, like volleyball ends on the 19th is our last game. Then they get out of school on the 25th and on the or actually the, their last day is the 24th. So on the 25th, I was gonna go to Tennessee to visit my parents. Mm. And like, so I was gonna bail on that and I was like, nah, I don't feel like traveling anymore, but I'm supposed to take my parents five goats. And so I'm like, damn it, <laughs> I can't get out of this. <laughs> oh my god, that's so crazy. I wish you lived closer. I would totally take one of your goats. Yeah, they're and my neighbors. Like one of Jordan's goats, yay! Well, they're actually my neighbor's goats. She asked me if I wanted them, and I was like, "Everybody should be proud." I was like, 10 goats is maybe too many for me." You said no to an animal. I did. I'm taking her two ducks, but my parents are getting her five goats. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We, I'm. You should be proud of me. I still have not gotten a farm animal. I don't know if I'm really proud. I like I'm proud of my parents because they're like <laughs> stepping up their game as quickly as I did. Oh, nice. No, we got versus like my brother still has like I think he's only down to like five chickens now because he has like a major hawk problem. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, we so. have some sort of a predatory thing around here. I haven't figured out what it is because it ate one of the turkeys. So it's also making me a little hesitant <laughs> yeah because i'm like i'm sh- i'm sure you guys have like i have coyotes so you definitely have like coyotes and foxes and stuff like that yeah there's definitely uh the old owners said they saw foxes here um so yeah i'm sure there's who knows i mean i back up to like hundreds of acres of blm <laughs> yeah so uh, <laughs> like i'm sure there's who knows what here yeah you guys probably have a lot yeah i I, i'm i haven't seen a bunch of things yet although i did see my first possum in the backyard um i saw a cat the other day and it scared the shnikes out of me because i thought it was one of mine because i'm like why would there be just a random cat outside on our property like it just seemed crazy to me and i'm like nope all cats accounted for okay nobody jumped out a window because they climb all the windows it's yeah insane insane i believe it so well all my <sighs> animals are whole my ducks have grown they're like full grown now and i was like man i missed out on a whole like 10 days of like bonding with you guys <laughs> like <laughs> so i was trying to make up for it like yesterday and the day before and today like i've just been like inside on the couch because i just feel crummy but uh yeah. i'll get back to it anyway yeah. we're yeah, talking we're about toxic xylitol yeah it's yeah. kind of crazy because like I think I first heard about xylitol, what, maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, I feel like that sounds about right. 
that was like because it was like I don't know I know it goes back and forth like I feel like 10 years ago it was like heavily in peanut butter and like it was becoming an issue I think it's because they like were like oh this is the new like because everybody was looking for sweeteners that were quote-unquote healthy and I'm like just no (laughs) I don't think there is a such thing as a natural healthy sweetener I just think that there's a better way to go about it Anyway, we're going to talk about it. So we're going to be talking about xylitol or also known as birch sugar. Um, It's a xylitol in particular is a naturally occurring substance. Technically Mm -hmm. Uh, it's widely used as a sugar substitute. If you couldn't catch a reference on that. (laughs) So chemically though, xylitol is a sugar alcohol. It's found naturally in things like berries, plums, oats, corn, mushrooms, lettuce, other fruits, trees, things like that. Um, it is found in as a sugar substitute in a lot of products that we use uh, in the human world. So sugar-free gum, candies, breath mints, lots of baked goods, peanut butter, as I just kind of <laughs> alluded yeah. to. Um, well, and I think the big thing people need to realize is birch sugar is xylitol. Because we yeah. talked about xylitol for years. Yeah. And then they just were like, oh no, xylitol has a bad name. And so then they switched it to birch sugar. And I'm like... It has a bad name because it's bad for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now you just labeled it something else that people don't know. It's the same exact thing. So it's, uh, yeah. That is the thing. Cause like now it's found in like pudding snacks, corn syrup, chewable or like gummy vitamins and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of different supplements and over the counter medications, mouthwash, toothpaste, like so many I've things. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. I think the biggest thing for us is like definitely the peanut butter. Like that's yeah. huge. And then the other thing is, um, liquid medications. Yeah. Um, I know there was for a while, uh, lactulose had it in it and, um, was it Alternagel? Yeah. Actigal, I think had it. Yeah. And like, we had to specifically tell the pharmacies it cannot have xylitol in it. And they were like, I don't even know how to look for that. And I'm like, ugh. well, now it's also showing up in like a lot of the over the counter nose sprays, which I recommend for like nasal congestion, usually just saline. <laughs> I do specifically say like saline only no decongestants and things, yeah. but I'm like, why would you need a sweetener in an over the counter nose spray? But, uh, mm. it's also in skincare products, laxatives, digestive aids, um, allergy medications. Again, like we tell Ooh, people all the time, like if you're going to, yeah, like if you're going to do especially like the liquid Benadryl, right? Like children's Benadryl, make sure it doesn't have, or at this point, if you're doing any liquid allergy medication for your dog, make sure it doesn't have uh, xylitol in it. Um, throat lozenges, sleep supplements, lots of human medications, and especially those uh, quick dissolving tablets or liquids mm. tend to have that in there a lot too. And when we say sleep, sleep supplements, that includes melatonin. Yes. So like, like seriously, anything that we like tell clients to get over the counter, you have to be very careful about this. Yeah. Now dogs are the only species, domesticated species in which xylitol toxicity has been reported. Cats are not at risk for hypoglycemia or liver injury from xylitol toxicosis. Well, that's good to know because my cat's a dork and he acts like a Labrador and tries to eat everything. So that's good. Yes. So safer (laughs) for cats. I do still know like a lot of doctors, like it's hit or miss on the doctor front. A lot of doctors will still say, no, let's try to avoid it. But a lot of doctors are like, if it's with a cat, it's not a big deal. Yeah. 
which all of my research agreed with that but i'm just like i don't know it's just stuck in my brain like if it's not for dogs and it's not for cats either (laughs) in my opinion what happens when both humans or dogs ingest xylitol right so what it does in well in both humans and dogs naturally obviously the level of like blood sugar in the blood is controlled by the release of insulin from the pancreas right but what happens with xylitol is in humans xylitol doesn't actually stimulate the release of insulin from the pancreas but in dogs when they eat xylitol xylitol is quickly absorbed into the bloodstream and that results in a potent release of insulin from the pancreas i don't Mm. know why i could not really find the answer as to why it does it in dogs like why their pancreas is so reactive to it versus humans and cats but it was interesting and then um so naturally, this rapid release of insulin, what's it going to do? It's going to drop that blood sugar quickly, right? And so that can actually happen as quickly as within 10 to 60 minutes after ingestion. And obviously, yeah. as we all know, if hypoglycemia is left untreated, it can be life-threatening. Yeah. yeah. Um, so dogs can also develop liver failure or liver necrosis mm. from xylitol, but it's poorly understood as to like why, like what's the reasoning like what happens to the liver that that's a cause right i wonder if it's like some weird like glycogen i'm sure it probably is right like storage of glycogen who knows yeah and it's been proven that the dose of xylitol to affect the liver must be much higher than that of like just hypoglycemia doses Uh, that Um, makes sense yeah and then typically for liver issues too those signs take longer to show up right so that's going to be usually eight to 12 hours um but not all dogs who experience hepatic necrosis will actually have that hypoglycemia episode first which obviously can make it like it's weird it's it's really like speaking from personal experience of my dog's eating garbage if my dog didn't show signs of hypoglycemia i wouldn't think anything of it i'd be like oh all right we're in the clear <laughs> like right so yeah. that would suck so bad to then like a day later have liver failure interesting i wonder i wonder how many of our random like hepatic this comes up every episode i know <laughs> i know because you go oh god <sighs> well yeah because like we do have that acute it's acute liver failure, right? And it's hepatic necrosis. Yeah. It's not even like a just spoiler alert. There's poorer prognosis with hepatic necrosis than there is with just hypoglycemia. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Xylitol can be deadly. Um mm. so a lot of times though, a lot of times typically dogs will only experience like temporary illness, but they can obviously then get acute liver failure that results in death. Um, it can even result in internal hemorrhage and the ability for blood to clot um, can happen too because obviously the liver's affected. We know when the liver's affected, then coagulation's also affected. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that the higher doses cause issues. Yeah. And so the hypoglycemic doses of xylitol for dogs is usually about 0.075 to 0.1 grams per kilogram of body weight. That's so little like it's so little and that's just well and it's crazy because it's really hard to know how much xylitol is in any product yeah because it's not like it says oh there's 0.1 grams in this piece of gum like you've no idea so that's part of the problem some of these 
some of the resources that I used did have good like idea of like how much xylitol approximate levels yeah like it was saying like so I like Merck because like that's just usually my go-to but Merck specifically put it in like milligrams versus grams because I was like here's my math like so dosages of greater than 75 to 100 milligrams per kg um, or 34 to 45 milligrams per pound have been associated with hypoglycemia but dogs ingesting dosages greater than 500 milligrams which is again according to what I previously said that's only 0.5 grams yeah but how much like I guess and it depends on what the heck they're eating right like so yeah so Vin so chewing gums surprisingly well not surprisingly they have a variable amount of xylitol right depending on mm -hmm. their flavor of the gum right but most of the flavors have about 0.009 grams of xylitol uh, per piece. But then there's but, some flavors that can be over 0.3 grams per piece. Per piece of gum, which is Whoa, 300 wow. milligrams, right? Like that's 300 milligrams. And we already figured out oh that God, 500 milligrams can cause hepatic. Yeah. So if they eat two pieces of that specific gum that might have that many milligram or grams that like two pieces could send them into failure easily especially like the smaller the dog like the less they obviously need right so it's it's scary and so like typically what's the initial signs of xylitol poisoning are going to be the signs that we see associated with hypoglycemia. hypoglycemia yeah and so we can see those develop within an hour of consumption and usually we're going to see things like vomiting weakness lack of coordination uh ataxia weakness uh lethargy tremor seizures coma we can see all these these signs with just the hypoglycemia and then of course mm-hmm. if we start getting into the liver failure signs then we're going to see increased depression and lethargy increased vomiting we're going to see icterus we're going to see coagulopathy um we'll talk about the blood work but we're going to see even some blood work changes as well um my nose is so stuffy right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's crazy because um I remember my dog Luna she she ate an entire piece like pack of gum yeah um and I had to take her into work and you know it it was pretty quickly so I, I think we think we made her vomit and some of the gum came up but we still had no idea like how much she absorbed because it yeah it does absorb really quickly like that's the crap part about it Super and we rapidly. couldn't yeah and we couldn't figure out exactly how much was in that specific gum and I was just like Ugh. but I mean she was fine like she didn't have any of the like hypoglycemia or liver stuff because we did like pre and post lab work because I was like ah she needs to not have anything she's already a little bit screwed up as it is yeah Um, well that's the thing though too right so if we get those calls like especially in my line of work right where we do mm -hmm. telehealth stuff like if we get those calls where a pet maybe ingested some xylitol Mm -hmm. or like some gum or something like that right but they're not really showing any signs yes we can say let's monitor but you should gold standard should be within 24 hours go in and have some blood work done because those liver signs can show up without any outward signs right yeah well and i think too like i think it's crazy because you have to be really careful like what they're eating 
I should have reworded that. I shouldn't say like we could monitor because like realistically anything that possibly ingests xylitol should go in for decontamination. But what I meant was, what I meant was they should have follow-up blood work or like blood work done at least 24 hours after just to make sure. Yeah. 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 And, and I, and I, and this is one of those things where (laughs) I remember when I was teaching in school and uh, my dog would come with me and she start like surfing under the desks and she would chew like the gum that people put under the desk because she's gross and she's a dog. And I was like, dude. And so I yelled at them. I was like, you guys, first of all, it's disgusting. (laughs) It's like, and second of all, if there's any xylitol in that gum, I'm kicking your butt. (laughs) Like, and, and it was just, it was one of those moments where it's like, we have that conversation about xylitol and, and they were like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, so it's like, you know, do they pick stuff up the ground that's got xylitol in it? Cause again, so many different things have xylitol or birth sugar in it. Um, that just is bad. And then, and then you have to think of like, what's your differential diagnosis for it. Right. Um, so most of the times it's our, our history. So again, getting good histories on these patients are huge. We all know internal medicine histories are crazy. Um, but then we have to rule out all the other things that potentially cause hypoglycemia if we don't know they specifically ate something. So like juvenile hypoglycemia, hunting dog hypoglycemia, which I've never seen. I don't know if you have, because you're like in the hunting dog area. Yeah. I've seen (laughs) it once, but like hunting dog hypoglycemia is like, dude, just like let the dog rest and feed him and like, just, all right, bye. Try not to work them too hard right now. (laughs) Right. Um, insulinoma. I've definitely seen that. And we've talked about it a couple of times and then just like overdose of insulin. I mean, that, that we've seen, I've definitely seen that both with individuals or, you know, the family that's like, I, we both gave them insulin this evening. And it's like, this is why you have a journal and you write down who gives what. Luckily that one's pretty quickly ruled out once we determine that a pet's not on insulin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Uh, obviously our differential diagnosis list could be a little bit longer once we start throwing in the liver issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the sake of the length of this episode, we are going to <laughs> leave it at the, the common signs of hyperglycemia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So oftentimes our diagnostics for this are going to be pretty basic, right? We're going to do a comprehensive cam and a CBC starting off, right? We really want to see that glucose level. We're going to get a blood sugar probably, and then compare it to like full blown peripheral blood stick. Um, and then we're going to look for signs that, that there might be liver damage on top of the hypoglycemia, right? So sometimes we can see hyperbilirubinemia, thrombocytopenia and hyperphosphatemia. Again, spoiler alert, hyperphosphatemia in particular is actually a poorer prognosis. Um, mm. Hmm. Yeah. So once we get the blood work and we determine, say, there's no liver issues, right? Like it's just hypoglycemia, probably from the xylitol that the pet parent watched the dog eat out of Mm -hmm. this pack of gum, right? So early decontamination, preferably in asymptomatic patients, right? Because then we pet parents saw it happen. We came in, we make a vomit. We try to get rid of that, just like Yvonne said, right? But once a pet becomes symptomatic, right? We know that absorption has occurred. So decontamination is not as easy. Yeah. So then we place IV catheter with IV fluids and we want to manage the hypoglycemia, right? With a dextrose strip. 
And then of course, we're going to be monitoring those liver enzymes and we're going to manage that liver insufficiency as needed. So obviously if they don't ever show signs within 12 to 24 hours of liver issues, we're probably going to be in the clear. But <laughs> if they start having those climbs and they start showing signs of hyperbilirubinemia, they, they have thrombocytopenia on their CBC, they have hyperphosphatemia. Uh, we got to start trying to kind of combat those and really flush out the body. It's not easy. The majority of the time though, when we don't have liver issues involved, we can correct the hypoglycemia mm. imbalance from xylitol. Like it can be corrected. But as I said earlier, it is a much poorer prognosis when you get that liver issue because it's liver necrosis, right? That liver is dying. And so trying to combat that is near impossible. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to kind of see, I'm sure at some point they'll figure it out. Like what causes the necrosis from the xylitol? Yeah. It was like, there's just not like a ton of information on it just because like they know that xylitol is like destructive of the liver tissue, but they don't know, like, they don't really know much else after that. Right. Huh. So it's a bit weird. Yeah. So I don't, it, xylitol is like one of those interesting, like everybody's probably seen it at least once, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like if if you work in your day practice, you're gonna you know make them vomit. If you work in emergency, make them vomit. So hopefully, you don't have to like hospitalize them, but sometimes you do. Yeah, and I feel like in these situations, because the liver could be involved, hospitalizing for twelve to twenty four hours just for precaution and like making mm-hmm. sure that the blood sugar remains fine. And like I, so according to the research, there like you can expect to see some mild ele- elevations of liver enzymes. And typically with those mild elevations, that'll resolve within a few days. But as soon Mm. as those enzymes become significantly increased, then it's more of a guarded prognosis. There was one study done actually that uh, 62.5% of dogs with signs of liver injury died or were euthanized despite aggressive veterinary uh, intervention. But you also have to take into account that like that number is probably like... That's expensive, right? Like how much of that is like, so it's just, I think the main thing is like, it would be nice to know everything that xylitol is in, right? Like, but I think the key things to take away from this are that like birch sugar is another name for it, right? It is in Mm -hmm. common things like peanut butter and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, when suggesting over-the-counter like allergy meds or, or things like that i know some vet clinics recommend like robitussin stuff robitussin is one of those things where i'm um, like ah because like it probably does have xylitol in it that like ugh, yeah so uh that's that's my xylitol spiel it was actually pretty short but it's xylitol so <laughs> right yeah i think it's just one of those things too that it, it does take a lot of client communication to make sure that they're aware of it yeah. Um, especially those new pet owners that don't know, right. And yeah. make sure that they understand that xylitol is toxic to their dogs, um, and to not, to not do it. And it's one of those sneaky things where for a while, you know, they didn't realize they switched from one sugar-free additive yep. to another. And that's where we started seeing a lot of issues. So yep. 
you know, it's, it's best to be on the lookout. Um, especially if it says sugar-free on it, like what, what other sugar substitute, you know, are they using? So I will say that's what gets me about freaking sugar-free stuff. I'm like, yes, it's sugar-free, but like, oh, the fake sweeteners, like this would be so much worse for you than just real sugar, right? Like, well, it's crazy because it, so in my family, my dad was actually allergic to like sugar substitutes. Yeah. So he would, he would get drunk off of them because, and I'm guessing it's because they're alcohols usually. Yeah. Um, And so we never had sugar-free stuff in our house just because <laughs> my dad was allergic to it. So I can't, I can't even like, I can instantly tell when there's a sugar-free substitute in something and I'm just like, nope. So like, we don't have it. Well, I don't have it. My husband, on the other hand, grew up with it. So like, he's super used to it. But if I accidentally drink something of his with it in there, I'm like, nope. Like, I'll just take an unsweetened thing, like water, tea, (laughs) you know, Um, I'll use regular, like natural sweeteners, but just in a smaller quantity. Like it doesn't need to be super sweet. I mean, we all know that I'm on like this wonderful hippie journey of becoming all natural anyway. Uh, (laughs) It's going to take some time to get there, obviously. But like, (laughs) it was like, you kids, that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, so naturally, like some of the cereals and stuff I have in my house and like peanut butter and stuff like that. But like, if I had the choice between like a product, I would look for something that has real sugar in it versus fake sugar. But that's just me. Like, I'm just, I'm thriving off my new hippie vibes that I'm, nice nice. so but that's all i got for everybody for xylitol or birch sugar uh just be aware that it is in almost everything yeah and like that's the thing though too is like when people come through and they're like my dog ate my children's gummy vitamins i'm like they're probably fine as long as they don't have xylitol in them but or vitamin d but yeah so anyway that's all i got nice all right well that's one, one toxicity in the books. <laughs> so I don't remember what next week is, but I mean, it's another toxin. I just don't, I think it's, I think it's rat bait actually. <laughs> oh, Woo-hoo. so my favorite, we're going to talk about coagulopathies, right? <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry for the shorter episode. Sorry for the congestion in my face. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the absence for two weeks. <laughs> I apologize to everybody. Oh, you don't have to apologize. Sometimes we got to focus on our stuff. Yeah. 2023 has been hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, it is May. Happy mental health month, by the way. I'm really hoping that like the second half of 2023 is just like downhill like it's just coasting like yeah it's funny you said downhill and I was like like worse and then I'm like, no no oh. no I just meant like I meant like and then I was like oh no she means like easier and coasting got it okay isn't that funny how like the same word can mean the opposite thing it can it's crazy it's weird actually uh, yeah hmm. That's like a high thought. Like if I were to ever get one, <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I were to text that to my brother, he'd be like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> right? Oh my God. That was so funny. All right, dude. We'll have a great week. Um, we will 
plan on talking to everybody next week and get back into a rhythm and make sure that 2023 is more normal for the second half. How's that? Smooth sailing. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.